0: Hi, my name is Chrissy, and welcome to the Resilient Imprint Podcast. Mother's Day was last week, so today's episode will touch on my past feelings towards this day of celebration through the lenses of my inner foster child, how it affected me prior to becoming a mother, and how I've chosen to move forward. Mother's Day is advertised as a joyous day. And it should be, right? There is... A lot that goes into the growth of a child the exhaustion of, of childbirth and even the first year of the child's growth that's just at a bare minimum right it's not including all the ups and downs that come with parenting and I don't want to take away from that but also The reality is that it can be a difficult time for many who might be grieving on some level. For me in particular, the difficulty was grieving the abandonment of my mother. I don't recall celebrating my birth mother on Mother's Day growing up because she was an absent parent. I'm sure I had projects, you know, in elementary school, but for a few years I was in kinship this is when your care is awarded by the court to a biological family member. And in my case, my maternal grandmother was awarded custody. Those school projects that would be brought home would just be tossed in the trash. They weren't celebrated in any way or recognized even. I'm sure that my grandmother's other children celebrated her for Mother's Day. I mean, I can't tell you a specific tradition because parties in general were just normal. There wasn't necessarily a reason to have it. And they all looked the same. It's not like they were themed or anything. The only thing that was consistent is music, drugs, and alcohol, and people drunken all over the floor after. Eventually, I was removed from my grandmother's custody and placed into the foster care system permanently and that's when I started experiencing the celebration of holidays. My first core memory celebrating Mother's Day was when I was in my second foster placement, and I was in third grade. Uh, third grade by then. My foster mom's name was Gigi, and she had took us after church to her best friend's home. And when I say us, I'm referring to the three other foster children in the home that lived with me, this was the first time I was separated from my biological siblings. And if you haven't heard it yet, episode one details my experience being removed from my biological family for the last time. But going back to my second foster placement, this Mother's Day experience was an eye-opener. Recognizing holidays itself was a shocker because my grandmother didn't celebrate anything like Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, even birthdays. You heard me correctly. Our birthdays were not celebrated, okay? It was just not a thing. To her, it was just another day and she made that very clear. So to us, we adopted it as the same, right? and now living with people with different customs. It was confusing to celebrate Mother's Day because I didn't understand that all mothers are celebrated. It was complete news to me. It was now the time where light bulb flashes and I, I'm at an age where I'm able to understand the significance of a celebration And at the same time, it was saddening for me because then it made me question why I couldn't celebrate with my mom. Why couldn't I just go find my mom and have us enjoy it, right? And that's when I was identifying with feelings of rejection, which would scar me pretty deeply because I realized my mom didn't want me My third foster placement was my final placement. So now we're fast forwarding a summer right before the school year starts into my fourth grade. This foster mother became my legal guardian and I was reunited with my biological siblings, thankfully. I began calling her mom fairly quickly, but I never truly felt I was accepted as her own. We'll say, the details of that tumultuous relationship for other episodes, but to touch on it lightly, I found myself feeling like I had to express my devotion to her in order to receive some kind of gesture of love. So the key word there, devotion, not let me hug her and tell her that I love her and she's going to hug me and tell me that she loves me back. She had a very Jacqueline Hyde personality, and it took me a lot of therapy to come to that realization. So the best way I could describe to you is acts of devotion to her. So my early examples of mothers weren't really the best. And I could assure you, I didn't aspire to become any of them as an adult, except for a little dash of Gigi, my second foster placement mother. And here's where choices come in now as I transitioned into motherhood. I didn't plan to become a mother. I was so jaded that the mere thought of becoming one felt like I was doing a disservice to society. Who was I to bring a child into this world without providing it a wholesome family unit? How responsible was it for me to subject her to a broken family tree presentation at school or burdening her with a childhood history of cruelty? Nobody wanted me when I was a child. Why would she want me back or even love me? Could someone like me even be capable of loving her in a way that she deserved to be? Friends, these were all honest feelings and questions amongst many I was overwhelmed with when I found out I was going to become a mother. And you know what? I was so emotionally broken at the time. I was not a happy pregnant woman. Although I wasn't formally diagnosed, I do believe I was suffering from antipartum depression which is a depression that you experience during your pregnancy. The ins and outs of that, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but in layman's terms, it's a depression that you do experience during your pregnancy. And when I gave birth, I didn't feel the instantaneous love everyone was talking about that I would feel. When you see that baby, you're just going to love it and adore it and you're not going to experience a love like that and it was hard to say that out loud but it was the truth and i was just ashamed of letting it be known that i felt disconnected from my child i mean i literally left the hospital with holding my baby being wheeled out, uncontrollably crying. And the nurse just asked, hey, what's wrong? That's it, and all I had to say is nothing. It was an uncontrollable, ugly cry, like a mourning type of cry, a grievous, a grieving type of cry and I, all I could think of is couldn't have anyone asked me a little bit more in the, in the medical community when I was getting checked out, you know, other than just like very basic questions. And that's just part of the complexity of becoming a mother. And then you add traumatic past on top of that. But the thing is, no one talks about that. All I heard is, nurse your baby. Oh, you're gonna love this baby. And all these wonderful things. But I was never asked if I had ever experienced traumatic experiences, how my childhood was like. And honestly, I do believe that there is a lot that we have to progress in maternal health but I believe that if I would have gotten the counseling ahead of time a lot of these issues would have been addressed and also we probably would have lesser mothers experiencing psychosis and going through very dangerous you know outcomes instead of just judging them, right? Because you could only assume the normal, which is these wonderful, joyous things, but it's not like that for all of us. And it's not easy to talk about, but it's important to talk about. And thankfully, I advocated for myself and I sought professional counseling after birthing because I realized I was exhibiting dark symptoms of postpartum depression. And if you want me to touch on that experience, let me know. And I will be happy to create an episode on it. Because I feel that it's still very much taboo. And in 2023, that shouldn't be the case. Making the choice, though, to seek professional help was a healthy step towards the beginning to ending generational trauma for me. I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and also postpartum, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, also referred to as PTSD, and commonly associated with adults who experience war combat. According to safy.org, one in four children who experience foster care are twice as likely to experience PTSD. When I learned of this statistic, I became more driven to prioritize my mental health and become more educated on parenting as a person with a traumatic past, because that meant my daughter would have a more wholesome mother. It also made me an empathetic Person towards others in ways I wasn't before. You guys, I was a very disconnected individual before I had my daughter. I was not in therapy. I was not seeking healing. But the empathy that surprised me the most was the one towards my mom. She struggled with addictions, severe mental disorders, and I eventually forgave her because I was able to place myself in her emotionally weathered shoes and in an odd way become thankful to her for mustering the courage during her short stint of sobriety to call DCFS because she realized her kids didn't deserve the atrocities they were subjected to in her mother's home. And I wanna leave you on that note. I challenge you to take the step towards growth too. It all begins with making the choice only yours to make. Remember, you do matter, you are worthy, and you do belong. Until the next time, my friends.